I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. So I seriously think that interviewing guests is going to be like my new favorite thing to do on the podcast. It's 100% my favorite thing to do on the podcast. Dude, they're Dude, so good. We just know some bomb ass people. Like Absolutely. They are so great. We just finished recording an episode and talking to Abigail. How do you say your last name? Ranny. Ranny. Abigail Ranny. And oh my gosh. She's got like, some bombs to drop. Dude, like so many, she's, she's bringing it all. She's, she's bringing the, uh, actually, I'm not going to spoil all the surprises, but she is bringing some amazing, amazing topics. And so we actually sat down and, um, we knew that there was going to be a lot to say, but we, we recorded three hours worth of interview (laughs) goodness hours, but you guys can tell, obviously, if you're looking at the timestamp, this episode's not three hours. It's not. No. It's not. And so we had told everybody that originally an episode that was going to be airing uh, while, um, when when did we say it would have been next? So when this is airing, it would be next week. So they would be expecting on Monday for the episode with you and your wifey. Yeah, with me and Lara. That episode is still going to happen, but at a later date. Uh, we just, we had this interview and it, there was just so much. We're like, oh my gosh, we have to break this into multiple episodes so that people can consume it. And the way that it worked out is that, excuse me, they just fell into these perfect topics. It's like they were in their own containers yes. that just were begging to be their own episodes. Literally, in the middle of the interview, I looked down at my piece of paper and I was like, this is split up into two episodes. And and the best part about that too is like you were getting ready to have a hectic week. You're going to be traveling and all this stuff. And, and it's just like the podcast gods looked down on us and was like, boom, content. And not just any content, like good, good content. Yes. So today's episode, what <laughs> they will be less. Today's episode. What is going to be blessing their ear holes. What can they expect from today's episode? Actually? Okay. I just want to say... When we talk to most people and we ask them what their wedding why is before this whole wedding why thing we brought it to the surface and or it's becoming more mainstream. Everybody's like, oh, I just want to party with my people. Like, I want to party with my people. Right. Like, that's their why. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, this episode is all about throwing the most epic, dopest, most bad ass party. What did literally she say? known to man. Um, what was I, her phrase that she was like when people leave the party? What did she want them to say? Damn, that was a party. Like they wanted to just wow people with this party, but and she and, and it's not just wowing to impress. It's like wowing with just like, oh, we we're in this. this yeah, it's full of connection, experience, a tie to their personal love story. Like, and it feels like they were doing intention before. Like they knew they were doing intention, right? 
it, and it's just, oh, like, I am so, like, I wish I could have attended this wedding. Oh, I was invited and I didn't get to go to the wedding. Oh, Work. My, you were probably shooting a wedding right. that day. I wasn't able to go. I, oh, my gosh. The video, we're going to link it in the show notes, by the way. So if you want to, oh, I don't know if you should stop now or if you should do what you want. You can either listen to the episode and then see it all come to life in the video. Or maybe you want to like watch it and then be like, okay, I've got to hear about this. Uh, I don't know. know. I think I watched, I watched it before and it, I feel like it brought some context, but then I can also see like people watching it afterwards and being like, whoa, like that was, I, I just, you get, you get excited because she shares, she paints this huge, story of what their wedding reception was like and then you're like oh my god i want to see this i want to see this and then you see it and it's like dang that was worth it so well you can do whatever you want yeah i think either way will work but one of the coolest things so abigail was also a wedding photographer for years and Mm -hmm. that was actually how her and i connected so long ago and we have pretty similar personalities and like every time we talk like we can just sit and talk for hours obviously <laughs> here was today but where was i going with that hold on abigail this was gonna be so good this was gonna be so good this was gonna be so good do you remember what i said what did i say i don't know um abigail and i when we met oh oh i remember okay i time stamped it okay even though she's been a professional and i'm a professional and Chris is a professional. She said and dropped bombs that I have never even thought about. And it makes me feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, am I a oh, fraud? I, like a noob. I know. <laughs> I know. She said there was, there was, there's a one point where we look at each other. She says something and we're like, wait a minute. We both didn't know that. <laughs> it was incredible. And I like literally, Abby did it for a few years. Like she got into it a few years after we got into it and she's no longer photographing weddings. If you love everything she says, it's absolutely incredible. I am so sorry. She doesn't get to be your wedding photographer. She's not doing them anymore. She's now a mommy, but she is a bridal consultant and she'll talk about all of that and what that means for you. But anyways, Mm -hmm. she literally like talks about like the psychology of like throwing parties and like what you need to do and where you need to place things. And guys, the venue she got married at, I've shot so many weddings there dozens and i have never known that there was different ways to set the venue up in a way that was like amazing and she had one of the first ones and nobody's done it ever since dude can you tell i'm freaking out yeah totally 100 percent. like this is just one of the ones and we said this last time with jillian's we're gonna say this again with abigail and we're not just like pulling your legs guys like there's some gold in here. So, uh, this episode, like I am so glad that they're able to talk about their, their reception because again, we hear so many people that are like, Oh, we are, our whole thing is we just want to party with our people. We want to party with our people. Well, if that is your, why get out your notebook, sit (laughs) down, get your, your fiance. And like, we need to listen to this because we want to throw a kick-ass party and they are going to help give us advice and tips to be able to do it. And Including I think like if you choosing vendors, yeah, if you want to do this, there is so much practical wisdom, things that I've never thought of that will help you execute a day that will leave people saying, damn, that yeah. was a party. Absolutely. And uh, Abby has 
opinions that are strong. And I love that about her. And there are things that we don't always agree on because they are controversial. And I love hearing her perspective on them. It's amazing insight. You will take absolute inspiration from this episode. I cannot wait. Before you dive in, make sure to hit that subscribe button. New episodes are coming bi-weekly and there might be another surprise happening soon. Just hit the subscribe button. Trust us. Follow us at The Bridal Breakdown. Stay connected with us. Totally. And let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. Without further ado, here is Abigail. Hey everybody, today we are bringing you a super special interview. Ashley, who are we going to be talking to today? We are talking to Abigail Ranny, who I've actually known for quite a long time. She's a dear friend of mine. We used to be photographer, like wedding photographers, and always talked about wedding photography and things, but she's super passionate about weddings. I've always known this about her, but she's got this new venture and we are very excited to bring her on. And the reason that she's actually going to be our guest for this episode, I'm going to back up a little bit. Chris and I have had it on our hearts that couples need a post-wedding day blues episode. This has been something that has been weighing heavy. Nobody really talks about it. And, you know, Chris and I love to dive into these topics that nobody talks about. And that's just because it's like the dark side of wedding planning that you don't really expect to happen to you. And part of Abigail's story is that she really experienced some serious post-wedding blues and depression post-wedding. And she's just perfect because she's been in the wedding industry. She knows all about everything and had a, she does, and she had a kick-ass wedding. So without further ado, Abby. Abigail. Here I go again, calling you Abby. Thanks for being with us. We're super excited to have you. I've only met you and your husband. Well, I think I've met you a couple times at Tuesdays Together yep. in person and then COVID mm-hmm. and no more in-person stuff. Yeah. Funny story, my brother-in-law actually works with Darren. Oh, no way. Yeah, his name's Clayton. <laughs> and so he was like, hey, uh, I think he might be his boss. I'm not I'm not sure. He he's is. Like, no, he's actually, yeah. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know Darren, da da da. And so I was just like, oh yeah, I've met them a few times. They're really awesome. So I know yeah, Clayton adores are. Darren. Uh, so <laughs> small <laughs> world. It's small a small world. world. Yep. <laughs> well, what started and prompted this conversation was I actually saw Abigail post on Facebook about if anybody has any wedding related questions, like it, again, I said it already, this is a passion of Abby's is weddings. And so with that, will you kind of dive into this Facebook post that I'm referencing, what you were doing, what your goal is, all the things, because people need to know about you. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. So yeah, uh, I just had a really strong feeling, which, uh, is kind of what I describe as like how I feel like God talks to me. Um, it's like through feelings because I'm such an intuitive person. Um, and he just really just, uh, I feel like put it in my heart that I needed to post about this. Um, uh, I just really wanted to put it out there to brides that I want to help. I just, I want to answer all the questions and even bring to light some of the questions that they don't even know that they have yet. 
um, that, you know, because every bride, it's typically their first time planning the wedding. They have no idea what they're doing, but we as wedding vendors, we do it all the time. You know, we've done hundreds of these. And, and so we know those answers to those questions. And, and I, I love helping. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about is weddings. Mm-hmm. I could, I could truly like, even, even, uh, like you said, I was a photographer and I'm, I'm not anymore because I, you know, uh, had a child and, um, it just wasn't super compatible with my life anymore. And, um, didn't really feel like it was, it was filling my bucket or fueling my soul anymore. So, um, but helping brides and going through the wedding process with them and being involved in that is still something that fuels me and makes me, you know, feel alive and gives me that fire again. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I want to be one of the first people to, uh, that they reach out to. I would love to start from day one all the way in the middle and, and help answer questions at the end. Um, but yeah, helping them just go through the big and small questions, you know, like the debate between, do I have a first look or walk down the aisle? Like they don't know what each experience entails. And I love to lay that out for them and help them choose based off their individual personality. That's so good. You're giving them like a custom experience where they could look it up on the internet. And, but then they're like, but does this work for me? Even, I don't know if you've heard, but a lot of our Friday episodes, when we like answer Q and A's from couples, it's like, what colors do we choose? I can't get my bridesmaid to order her dress. How do I do that? Like there are all these customized questions that having a consultant with the wherewithal of knowing everything about them. Yeah. Very vital. And like just somebody to go to. Yeah. Well, and it, and what it sounds like you want to provide Abigail is like this actual dialogue to help them figure out what is right for you. Like how right. can this be good for yes. you because you can find, you know, 15 different recommendations for, you know, whatever problem they may be searching for online, but it sounds like what you want to do, like I said, is like no, here's what like you need to think through what's best for you, not right. what all of these articles are saying. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like that, that is my, I feel like biggest thing that sets me apart is I, that's what I I don't want to just honestly, from the beginning, like create content that you can download and just, you know, right from the beginning, I, I want to talk to you and listen to your personality and what your individual priorities are for your wedding and go through that and help you pick out what fits you the best. Um, and I think one of the the biggest factors that I love in this is um, helping choose vendors that are right for their personality, the colors and the experience that, you know, if you're not a people person, if you don't like people looking at you and it literally makes you feel so uncomfortable, then I want to help you make wedding choices that help you with that. Mm-hmm. Not just following the rule book of what you're supposed to do or what you're you speak in the bridal breakdown language. I was literally right. going to be like, this is my love language. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what, do you, Ab- Abigail, what fueled, like what fuels that for you? Like, where does this desire come from within you to want to provide this, like essentially this know. help? I don't know. I think it's, it's just, I value weddings so much. I have from, I say out the womb, like it's been my thing. I just love, love. And I, I value it so much. And, and 
I want people to feel that on their wedding day, not just feel like they're checking boxes or going through the motions or, you know, it's about, um, you know, like we've talked about how important and your last podcast, by the way, which was so amazing with Jillian from Dress Gallery. And she talks about the way, the importance of a wedding dress. That's how I feel about a wedding in general. She talked about how the wedding dress is the most self-expressive garment that you will ever own or put on or put out into the world. And that's how I feel about weddings in general. Like it's, it's about starting your life, going into this next chapter and committing to someone and sharing your love and spreading love. And, and, you know, I want brides and grooms, which was a very big thing for me with my brides when I was a photographer, was making sure that the groom also feels just as connected because it's his wedding day too. And, and having that special factor play into not only how you feel in your wedding day, but also how your guests feel. I want your guests to enjoy your wedding day. And I want to help people create that because it's not as simple as providing food and alcohol, putting on some music and expecting everything to just fall into place. It's not that easy. Right. Oh, yeah. This is already like, I feel like this is already getting me juicy. I know. Right. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. And I feel like you're speaking to people's souls, like truly, like Chris and I are sitting here going, you are speaking our love language. The people listening are like, I'm listening because this is my love language. Like she is my person. (laughs) I hope so. What was your why when you were planning? My why when planning my wedding was a combination of two things. It was one, I wanted my guests to leave being like, damn, that was a party. So damn, that was a party. You're like, that's going to be the quote of the year. (laughs) I freaking love it. I'm like writing it down. Damn, that was a party. I didn't just want, you know, a lot of people that we were close with, um, they're very much people, people. And so they go to anywhere from eight to 22 weddings a year. And I just, I didn't want it to be one more thing that they show up. They feel like they have to bring me a gift. They sit down, they have some meat and potatoes. They take a picture, have a drink and and do the cha-cha slide and then get out of there. Right. Yeah. Like I did not want that experience. I wanted, um, people to be just as happy to be there and to stay there as Darren and I were. And so then my second priority was that my guests and everyone involved in my wedding day felt just as connected to Darren and I as Darren and I felt to each other. We wanted things, <laughs> we wanted it to make sense. We wanted people to know um, our story, you know, how Darren and I got to this point. And so that way, when we were saying I do, that they were also there feeling what we were feeling, that they felt how important that was because our story was, I mean, super broad. Basically, if you know the the song, uh, Greatest Love Story by Lanko, Mm -hmm. I'm not lying. Every single word is my relationship with my husband. We dated in high school when we were 15, 16. We were each other's first love. Uh, My parents thought that he was trouble. He wasn't, by the way. He's (laughs) so we were so innocent back then. And they just thought that we were, 
uh, delinquents, but we weren't. Um, and so, and, you know, I snuck out my first time sneaking out of my house was with him and, um, we, you know, we had that relationship and then we broke up. Um, I went to college. I had a serious relationship in college that didn't work out. I came back home and we, he, we just connected actually. Um, I sent him a super random Snapchat. Um, and it, it was like time never passed. And like that song, like, and, and so that song, I mean, who, who gets a song that every single word is their story. Yeah. That's wow, so rare. That's beautiful. And, and so we, we wanted that, like, that's rare. Like we wanted that to be a huge part of our day. Cause obviously that was our first dance song. And we wanted people to know that that was our story apart from just, we thought it was a cool song. So we're made it our first dance song. Like, and so we put that story in our programs. We put that story on the back of our save the dates. Um, you know, I, cause I created my own, um, all of the stationery I created on my own and printed on my, on my own because of my connections of printing companies through being a photographer. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that, that was our second priority was that our guests knew our story, knew why we were there and could experience the importance and the validity of us marrying each other alongside with us. I love the way that you even included the details into how you also incorporated that story in. It wasn't just your first dance. Like, because I love that you did that because Justin and I, our first dance song was one that was like, neither of us wanted to get married. And then like, like at all. And then we met each other and like, we still kind of didn't get, want to get married. And then it made sense in life. And it was like, unless it's with you, like that's the only reason that we want to get married. And that, so the song we danced to was unless it's with you by Christina Aguilera. But I love that you, (laughs) I'm serious, but you incorporated like nobody really knew that that was our story and why that was such a pivotal song for us. And we also used that song on our wedding day and on our reception, but nobody knew that. And so I love that you even like went that extra mile to like emphasize the reason behind those words and how they were so impactful. Yeah. And I think that's, a, a, I know uh, we might go into it later of, you know, how to create that experience of having your guests absolutely love being at your wedding, not just like obligated to, or just going through the motions. It's like, they need to feel that connection. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, let's talk about that now, because that was my question. I was wondering, you know, you like, we wanted to create this experience, this environment where people wanted to be there just as much as Darren and I wanted to be there. So how did you guys do that? How did you guys throw a bomb ass party where, where people just wanted to be there? Well, um, so I, I, it started from day one. Um, it, cause I really wanted to integrate it into the wedding, we knew that that was a huge priority. We wanted to people to be connected and then want to also stay there and enjoy themselves and have a party with us. So we started that from day one. Like I said, I made my yeah. own stationery and I made my save the date. And so on the back of the save the date, um, we did um, little uh, fun facts about Darren and I. That's cool. And so, yeah. And so that, that gave us, or that gave our guests already an insight into our story. But also one of those was, literally our entire relationship was this song like word for word that's our story and also putting in things like uh um that darren was into soccer and i was into football or i shoot cameras and darren shoots guns but 
I have a better shot in both of those than there. <laughs> you know, it's like little funny yeah, things like yeah. that, that your guests, you know, beyond social media and stuff of like, they get a connection to who you are. They're like invested in your story. Yeah. They want it. I want them to be a part of our relationship because if they're invited to our wedding, they're important to us. They mean something to us. And I want them to feel the same way. And, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's really interesting because I don't know, like sometimes you get glimpses of a couple's story and I feel like in the best man speech or the maid of honor speech, if you're going to get it, yeah. that's likely where it's going to come yes. from. And you know, now that like I'm hearing this, it's like, that should be a given that mm -hmm. there's like this element of your story woven mm -hmm. into your wedding day because I wholeheartedly so many, agree. so many people don't know these things, you know, people yes. only know what you tell them. That and, you should uh, have flowers and lanterns with candles and that's it. Right. Yeah. You know, like the it's centerpieces takes take more of a right. priority than your love story on it your day where your story for sure. No. Well, and centerpieces stress you out. Your love story isn't going to stress you out. No. You got to figure out centerpieces too. You already have your, you know, your love story. Yeah. And so the ways that, that we had um, our story integrated into our day was, I mean, a lot of different ways. So I said the save the day. We also integrated into our invitations, um, sort of an expectation. So um, Ooh, I'm intrigued. Yes. Um, so we, um, to save money because our priority wasn't that people had a filet mignon dinner, you know, hand served, plated, like that, that wasn't our, our priority was that they had a good experience. And um, so we wanted to save money in the food area um, because that was a little bit less of our priority. But side note, the quantity of food, the quantity of how much you feed your guests directly impacts their experience. That should be a duh. Like you need to have like, please do not skimp on food quantity. Like let them go back for seconds because the fuller their bellies, like the more they can party. Don't let them be hungry. Yeah, most, and most people are always like, I wish I could get a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And so what we did for, for food, because we wanted high quantity, but we, we didn't want like the super fancy because that just wasn't yeah. our priority. We did pizza. And Heck yeah. Right? Everybody loves pizza. Right. And the way that we made it unique is we had pizza from three different locations so that it was, it was different types of pizza. So if someone hated Pizza Hut, we weren't just having Pizza Hut because I do know that's a thing somewhat. Yeah. I do love Pizza Hut. Oh, I love pizza. Like I love, but I also pizza love Papa John's. Their thin so, crust is amazing. Yeah. I'm so hungry now. So, <laughs> I'm a sucker for Pizza Hut breadsticks too, and they're married. Yeah. Like, guys, stop! I just gave up gluten. <laughs> I can I can live <laughs> off of it. The amount of times that Lara and I have ordered Pizza Hut at 11:30 oh, p.m. 100. percent Like no while we're watching Netflix is and it's vital. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, and so fine. we had a lot of pizza at our wedding, and honestly. We had so much that the guests that stayed to the end were leaving with pizza boxes, which was great. Which is amazing. And talk that. about including that for the guest experience. And like, right? I stay for the whole party. I get to take a pizza home. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not crazy expensive. Right. We, no lie, total uh, transparency, we saved $7,000. Oh my gosh. Holy. Yeah. We saved $7,000 in our budget by doing pizza, but we not only did pizza, because what if someone was gluten-free? What right. if someone was lactose intolerant? 
you know? Um, so two parts. Um, one, we also had gluten-free options from all three places. Mm -hmm. Um, two, because like I said, how I made my own invitations, I set the expectation and let people know what type of wedding they were getting into by my RSVP. I asked them, I said, what do you like on your pizza? So that they knew that we were having pizza, but also I put an option of, are you gluten-free? Are you lactose intolerant? That sort of thing. So we could also gather that data when we went to place our order. That's for the so pizza. good. Um, you also on your RSVP, because I remember, I, I still have your wedding invitations, by the way. I still have them. Um, your RSVP also said like something about like, if you're bringing your dancing shoes, like, yes, I'm bringing my dancing shoes or like, no, like dancing slime or something. And I was like, that's setting an expectation also immediately that like, you're expecting your people to party. And I loved it. That was so important to us to set that expectation of this is what you're going to get at our wedding. You're going to get pizza for dinner and you're going to have a party because yeah, like the, the, instead of yes, no, maybe mm. it was heck yes. I will be on the dance floor. Like I've got my shoes. The second one was, um, I don't know. Dancing's not really my thing. And then the third one was, um, like, absolutely not. Like I'm allergic to dancing or something like that. Like it was funny and it was like, but it, it set that expectation that we wanted our guests to come and dance with us. And that yes. was our thing. Um, and so we did that with the invitation. Um, but also, uh, not only on the food, on the topic of food, not only do we have the pizza, but we also had heavy appetizers. So if someone absolutely hated pizza or they were allergic or whatever, for whatever reason, they weren't miserable at my wedding. I also had appetizers that were, um, from corporate caters, hundred percent, go get the, uh, the, the chicken salad tacos. Yes. I knew it was going to be. I've had those things. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Incredible. When like they I, walk around with the, Oh yes, my God. They're I so good. Had corporate caterers appetizers specifically because I was not about to throw a wedding without the corporate caterers chicken salad tacos. I need those. I need those. So They're I had so those. I had veggie quesadillas. I had, um, oh, that's I good. had fruit kebabs. I had, um, pulled pork, little sliders. You know what I mean? Like I had and you still saved seven grand. That is amazing. Grand. Yes. Well, I for everybody listening, obviously you threw a party. How many guests did you invite? Because this will also help with um, the seven grand number. Yes. So I had, what was it? Uh, I can't remember off my head. Um, it was two years ago. Our, our, basically our number that we expected to show up was between 300 to 320. Mm -hmm. which we were hoping that it was on the lower end because we were one of the absolute first weddings at the barn at Grace Hill. And so we were kind of like pushing the boundaries of like, and that's how they kind of gathered their data as to yeah. how many guests that they could have in. So we were by far their biggest wedding they've ever had to date because they did not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, I think our final number, it, that's what we expected, but I'm pretty sure our final number was somewhat closer to 350. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it was higher. Yeah. <laughs> from, from our conversations. Yes. So that also definitely plays into how much money you can save in your budget when it comes mm -hmm. to food. But I learned that because my sister's wedding, she got married before me. And yes. You were the photographer because I wouldn't Ooh. let anybody else shoot that wedding, <laughs> <laughs> but they, their final number, no lie 
was 700. Oh my God. Seven. Yes. It yes. was absolutely astronomical. How, yes. What? And what? it was also like, so it was held in like separate rooms because it was it a cafeteria been. and a gymnasium that were like kind of attached, yeah. but like, so you just had to like walk out of like one and then like, they were just separated by like a wall. Yeah. I, I remember like eat there was like curtains maybe because I even remember there like was. dancing in between the curtains <laughs> that's a yeah that's a different was, breed like I cannot so, even begin to fat like small the towns is yes. part of it. the logistics well, it, have to change it was that that was my thing I, I learned so much from that because one it's a hundred percent my father's fault he he owns his <laughs> Sorry, own construction Dad. company here in town and he's, he's has a lot of friends, and he's a very social butterfly, but also my brother-in-law was from Heston, very small town, but they know everybody. And so, everybody's so invited. the whole town of Heston was invited. Um, and also wow. everybody that my dad has ever known and a lot of our family friends and all of his friends, my parents' friends, and not to mention my mom is one of nine. So, you know- Nobody's off the table at this no, wedding. Yes, everybody was invited. And I told my dad, you will not do that at my wedding. You will not. Because he, he was the one, we are very lucky and very blessed that our parents were able to pay for it. And um, they, and so that was kind of my dad's mental mindset was that if I'm paying for it, I can invite whoever I want. But my sister, her venue options were between two options. She only had two options either the gymnasium and the cafeteria of the church that she got married at, which is what she chose, or the casino, new building that wasn't even built yet and might not have been ready by the time that her wedding came around. Oh, So she went with the cafeteria and the gymnasium at the church, which by the way, plug for faith again, yes. she transformed that place. Aside from the fact that once like, your curtains can only go so high. So yes. like, if you looked up, you could see the eagle. Yeah, the the yellow and black of the gymnasium. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, faith transformed it. And honey, that's the importance of a wedding planner. Only they can do that. Even me being, I mean, that was at the very beginning of my career, but being in love with weddings, being obsessed with weddings, no extent of my parents paying for it or anything like that, a hundred percent, nobody would have been able to do what faith did. Nobody transformed that place. Literally. And that's the importance of a wedding planner and day of coordinator and all that sort of stuff. But yes. And so I learned um, that all of their budget, their entire wedding budget went to food, tables and chairs um, and the space, like ev everything was about the quantity to hold that many people. And I told my dad, you will not do that for my wedding. Like I'm in weddings. I'm in control. I have to be unique. I have to have my pretty things that make me happy. Yes. Yes. Which you yeah. and your sister do differ. 100%. My that. sister, yeah, does not care for that near as much as I do. And you know, she wants it to look good, but she doesn't care how you get there. Well, yep. and you had mentioned, I know when you were talking to Ashley and I, you know, Enneagram, we haven't dived in too deep. We plan on doing Ooh. an Enneagram episode one day. Yeah. Uh, that'll come down the pipeline later. But, you know, your Enneagram number being a four, wanting to yes. have that individualistic, like, I'm not like everyone else. Like, I'm my own person. I, that whole thing. So and I can totally see that. Yes. And my sister is not totally sure because she refuses to take the test. She's either an eight or a three. 
So, <laughs> yeah. you know, she, she's just about functionality and structure and yeah. achieving the goal. And yeah, it's not about being unique and aesthetically pleasing, which is a massive part of being an Enneagram four. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that uniqueness, what mm-hmm. other aspects, because I think a lot of people who will listen to this, you, you threw a party. So what did you do to make it such a unique party? I know the pizza and like your invitations and setting the expectations, but what other like tips do you have? Um, so that was another note that I was just going to say was that, um, like on aspects of decor, we did things differently. Um, we, uh, like, uh, we ended up having a photo wall of all black and white pictures because my wedding colors were black, white, and tan. And, um, so we had all black and white pictures in the like clean black frames and we layered them on like a wood wall that we rented from endless treasures that had a bunch of shelves. And we put all these black frames up of pictures from when Darren and I were babies to pictures of us when we were dating in high school to pictures of us from oh, our engagement session. It's like a timeline. Exactly. And oh, so we that's wanted so great. that to be a part that people could go over and feel connected to us from Don't that way. Why? Yes. And see us when we looked like babies when we were 15 and, you know, and be like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize, or I forgot that they dated or, you know, and things like that, that, that would uh, bring in. But that was also, you know, where we put pictures of um, my grandpa and his grandpa that passed away that couldn't be there with us. That was our um, form of like in the middle, we set a sign and whatnot that said, um, you know, something about for our loved ones that couldn't be with us here today. And, you know, that's also, that's a popular thing for people to do. And so that's how we integrated that. And, you know, to feel connected people to go start conversation, you know, if, if you hate small talk, like I do, then you could go, that was a, a conversation starter and it was next to the bar and things like that. And so, um, that, I think that aspect of it being next to the bar and the bar not being placed next to the exit doors. That's like, if, if anybody that plans events of any kind, that is like a big no-no. You don't put the bar or the dance floor next to the exit doors because yeah, like it, and it's those things that people don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm saying, I was going to say, I didn't know that. Why? Why Dive into it. Because when, when you want people to stick around and enjoy themselves and where do, where are they? They're at the bar. Or, or the they're dance on the floor. floor. Yeah. You don't put those next to the exit doors so that they, you know, if say if they go to leave or whatever, then they have to pass through the whole party. You want the exit gotcha. doors the farthest away from your party. So the least accessible. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah, That's like a psychological it is. Like thing. It's, it's so much like there's about creating a wedding. Like that is the thing that I say the most is there are so many psychological factors into creating a wedding. That's so beyond having food and alcohol and music. Like it's so much more than that. Okay. Wait. So where did you put the dance floor? So did you put it by the bar. Uh, yeah. Oh my really? gosh. Yeah. I have never, never seen, seen that layout. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I really haven't either because like you would think to put it over by the big open doors and whatnot, but that's where people leave. Or that's also where people go outside to stand and talk. I want to keep people inside next to me. I want their, like, I didn't want, um, which I got married in November and we did want 
um, like a fire pit, but they didn't have them built at the time for one of the first weddings. And we were going to do stuff outside, but we ended up mixing all the outside stuff because I want my party to be where I'm at. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be it up. Yeah. yeah. And so I wanted people inside. I didn't want to have them go outside for any reason. So they leave the bar and they're right. already on the dance floor by the time they're like right. done with their bar, they turn around and they're like, everybody's having this grand old time. I feel weird walking away from it. Correct. Yeah. And so that's an aspect. That's so um, smart. Also, um, a, a small, but it has a big effect. Um, little thing is, um, it's not enough to just hire a DJ. It's also not enough just to hire a good DJ. You have to, um, you have to go into your DJ one. Yes. Find a good DJ that, which I think is a big stressor for a lot of brides because how many DJs are there? Well, and right. with like, there's I just a had a bride recently. We oh, had, I had a conversation with her where she asked me, Hey, how do I pick a good DJ? And it's so difficult for them because it's not like DJs have their sets put up online right. where you can watch it. And so you only have yeah. the weddings that Word you've been mouth. to what your friends have told you at their it's weddings only through an experience yeah that exactly. you can like rate a dj i don't even feel like i can rate it like this is me being complete when it, people ask me about djs i have like a back pocket list of a few but even then i'm like a their names all sound exactly the same they all start with a this so is I'm tyler like, this is tucker this is like i'm like um yeah. okay so there's absolute sound and then there's yeah accent mobile and, and then, then there's, there's like, another like, all world entertainment yeah, yeah they all mix together and i'm I like know. okay we've got to come up with a better dj situation here because yes. this is very complicating for my brain and you all run together because i'm also not focused on the experience like i'm busy yes you know so, yeah. yeah so abigail do you have a system that you developed to like help pick a dj that's well, not just a good dj um so yeah. DJ is very hard. Like you said, like it's, it's really about experience. And so, um, I will say I did, I did really try to pay attention to the DJs that I enjoyed, um, the experience of what I was shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would try to make a note in my phone or a mental note. Um, if I felt like that DJ, um, was making very awkward jokes. Oh my gosh. Oh. I can't stand the jokes. Stop yes. joking. And then it falls flat and then all the guests immediately lose trust in that DJ that he's able to put on a good party, even it if just he starts, is fully capable. It just starts to come off as obnoxious too. Yeah. And it, it almost like it, like there's like a trust barrier that gets yeah. broken almost. Like you don't trust that person to put on a good party. And Or the DJs who just make it about them. Oh my gosh. I've had a couple where they don't get off the microphone. I can't. And I'm like, you've got to stop talking, mister, because you are taking, everybody's just staring at you. Like, There's why balance, is this man. man talking about his friendship with the groom's dad? Like, yeah. stop it. Not important at all. Like, regardless, like my DJ actually had a, um, his son played soccer with Darren. He never once talked about that because it doesn't matter. Right. It does. There, there is no effect, no benefit to the wedding day or his job or the guest experience to know that his son played soccer with, you know what I mean? Like the, the only thing that was different was that his wife was invited to our wedding. <laughs> yeah. The, if, the only person that I feel like can speak on knowing couples is the, if the person officiating the wedding, whether that's your priest, your pastor, your officiant, because they're giving you the listener a little bit of a background on their experience. And like, that's the only time that I feel like a vendor should be like, I know so-and-so because it's like, 
Yes, because they're not building trust to their love, to their relationship, and they're validating that to your guests as you're getting married. Yep. That's where storytelling it it has value. Yes. So what? So you so you mentioned a DJ that knows. Yes, I'm uh, sorry. When to no no you're okay you're okay. It was probably me. (laughs) You you mentioned like they know uh, they don't tell these corny dad jokes you know these type of things they know when to speak like what else makes a good DJ in your eyes that helps you throw a kick ass party. So it actually has absolutely nothing to do with the DJ. You get a good DJ. It's not awkward that you've heard good um, uh, word of mouth about, right? That's as much as like the DJ can do. All the rest falls on you. Only the bride and groom knows their guests. The DJ does not know your guests. The DJ does not know. Do your guests get pumped up and um, ready to party with uh, doing um, the, what song did we do? Um, Hold on. Not Old Town Road, but uh, it's, um, oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm, oh, Copperhead. Copperhead Road. Road. Yeah. So that we uh, grew up, we're Westsiders. We went to Bishop Carroll. You know, we like to drink when we were teenagers and the boys wore cowboy boots, even though they weren't country at all. (laughs) But we all know and love um, the Copperhead Road dance. But, you know, and and this is a perfect example of what fits you individually. That was perfect for my wedding. But my absolute best friend, my maid of honor, she literally like, like has a gag reflex to country music. So like at her wedding, she just got married in October. There was not a single country song played. It was all EDM and, and alternative and, you know, but also good wedding songs and whatnot. But that, that is what I'm saying is that it's based off each individual personality and nobody knows that besides the bride and groom. You have to tell your, your DJ, um, what type of guests you have, but also, um Darren and so we Darren and I laid out don't even think about playing that elevator background music while Darren and I are out taking pictures and they're eating the appetizers yes don't you dare like you should be playing still Shania Twain Garth Brooks you know Bruno Mars like keep the tone yes I want a party from the second the guests walk in all the way to the end not just background music um when people aren't really paying attention like obviously yes the volume is different which is where a good dj comes in knowing when to read the room and the timeline of the day but um i knew that i wanted the party from day from the first second they walk in so i want them to hear songs that they are singing to that they are enjoying themselves they're bopping to they're 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 glad to be in that room listening to music that they want to listen to that's like my mind is being blown right now because I'm just thinking like that, that aspect, like that lull, that 30, 45 minute lull where the bridal party's away. Yep. The bride and groom have no clue what's happening during that. Right. Like for all they know, something terrible happened or it was amazing. And how many weddings have you been to or participated in to where it was like so boring? It was and like nails on yeah. a chalkboard waiting for the bride and groom to get yes. started. I didn't want my guests to feel like they're waiting on me to get started with the party. I wanted them to be enjoying themselves even when I wasn't there. Right. This is a light bulb moment. It's a light bulb moment. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good for, for the, for the couples. Like it's, you're giving them like this light bulb moment. Like, Hey, it's your responsibility. If you want, 
that low-key vibe and you want the party to start when you arrive, that's cool. Totally. But you need to communicate that. If you don't want it to be boring and you want it to be a high energy, you also have to communicate that right. to your DJ. Right. Because the DJ, he doesn't know that. And he doesn't know what gets your butt, what gets your guests pumped up or what puts them to sleep. You know, like if you have a very, very upscale $150,000 wedding to where if you had on Shania Twain or Bruno Mars or Justin Timberlake playing in the background that everybody would be like, could you please turn, turn off this noise? I would really like to listen to my jazz. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Do that. That's not wrong. You know your people. It's about knowing your people. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about you communicating what experience you want for your guests. Um, but that also plays into um, like the, the other aspect of that was um, with our DJ, we wanted the party that truly when we enter that boom, like, yes, you've been enjoying yourself up until this point while we've been taking pictures outside and whatnot. But now that we're entered, like it is on, like we are here to party. We are here to enjoy ourselves. And so an aspect of that was, oh, this gets a little bit complicated because it's like extended through so many parts. But one, my um, bridal party did, uh, they got introduced as the bridal party as one section. They entered into my reception as one. So that like this, there's like this hype ever. crew. Yes, it was a hype, a hundred percent. It was getting the party started and I forget their song, um, but it was one song. And so one, it wasn't awkward for them to like do an individual thing or mess up or do an awkward dance. And then the guests are like, oh, cringy. Like, oh my God. You know, yeah. it wasn't that aspect. It was all of them doing it together, creating a hype party. They went in and it was like, it was like an old school rap song that it, it was like, it's about to go down. Like it was, it was like this big pump up, like, Ooh, you know? And so yeah. they went dancing all the way through the guests. Like they went through the guests that way, the guests, it was connected to them. They're it feeling it. Yes. It wasn't just happening in the distance on the dance floor at the other end of the room. It was happening through them with them. My bridal party went through my guests, entered to the dance floor, to the back of the room. And then if you know, the barn at Grace Hill, they have a staircase. Yep. which is above the bar. And my dance floor was in front of the bar. So they were at the bottom of the stairs, basically. And Darren and I got introduced and okay. So this Hold is also, on, pause. I'm Go also ahead. picturing, did they enter like through the black door? Like, so did they enter at like the, the staircase the table? Nor so that, okay. 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 Yes. So they, okay. my bridal party entered in through the massive front door barn doors. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And they went through my guest. What a surprise. Yes. And so okay. they, they went through and they were, they were on the dance floor, ready to party. And then Darren and I's entrance song started and ours was, um, the Justin Timberlake song of, oh, I can't remember the name. Um, I don't remember, but, um, uh, we <laughs> entered in, it's, it's the one that has the buildup at the beginning. Um, it's one oh, of his man. newest songs, um, Gosh, I can't remember. All I'm thinking is sexy back. And I know it's not, it's not new. And no. that's like the first one that comes to my mind. It's not, it's not sexy back, but is it it, the, it's, it's not the trolls one either. Mirrors no. can't stop okay. the feeling rock your body. Cry me. Oh, these are old ones. Um, hold on. I am going to get it right here. Determination is Filthy. how I feel as well. Filthy. Oh, yes. So if you listen to the song, it has like this buildup. And when, essentially what they call like when the beat drops 
that's when like the doors opened for us. And one, this was a massive surprise, but it also keep in mind, it set the tone that this was a party and we were not taking ourselves too seriously. I think I know yes. exactly what you're going to say. Cause and I've been we- wanting to ask you this question <laughs> on where this came into play. Cause I've seen yes. it on your video. <laughs> um, we were supposed to both be in okay. the, the yep. mm-hmm. getup, but we could not fit my dress into it. We hadn't tried it before. And also shout out to faith because none of this would have been possible without my planner there ready, helping us get into these suits and all this sort of thing. But, um, we came out in those like blow up dinosaur T-Rex costumes. Yes. Yep. And wasn't some yep. of your decor T-Rex decor too? On our head table, we spray yep. painted toy T-Rexes gold. And we put, I ordered like tiny, tiny itty bitty party hats from Etsy. And I put those on top of the dinosaurs and then my head tables, uh, name tag said you party animal and then their name and they oh, could take it home setting the or, tone yeah it was yeah. setting the tone that this is different we're not taking ourselves too seriously we're here to have fun we're here to have a party and also like dinosaurs were just like kind of a weird thing for Darren and I like it just like popped up within our relationship and so that was a part of us telling our story that's awesome and sharing our unique connection with our guests so that it was different and they could feel like they knew what was going on and why we were doing these things and all this sort of stuff um but yeah darren entered in so he was just wearing the dinosaur suit i was not because i couldn't get the bottom of my dress into it without bustling it we didn't have time because the music had started it was kind of this crazy thing but yeah so we just ended up darren was in the dinosaur costume we just danced down both sides of the staircase and then we people met. were probably flipping out. Oh, 100, like so all of our guests gosh. being like, what? <laughs> you know, and we danced down the stairs and then we met together at the dance floor in front of the bar and the bridal party and us, we continued to dance to the rest of the filthy song. We didn't just stop. We danced to the whole song. And we also got like the, the people, our guests that were sitting at tables that were close to the dance floor, which we had intentionally set up to be our closest, our family, you know, was like the reserve table and all that sort of stuff. And so we told the bridal party, go get people. We want guests to be on the dance floor yeah. because we are literally starting the reception with dancing. So we finished out the filthy song. And then we also did, um, I think we did three total songs, but then we ended um, that little party on Copperhead Road and we did the line dance because that's, it's just, there's something about Copperhead Road and our group and we knew our guests that that was something that it was like, whoo, here we go. Like, yeah, we're getting started. It. Like Copperhead Road and like the other song, I forget what it was, was intentionally chosen as songs that people are like, when they hear it, they stop what they're doing and they go dance. That they're like, oh, hold my drink. Yep, yep. So yeah. we intentionally chose those songs so that they they were already starting off our reception by getting out of their seat. Because that is a challenge for um, how to get a party going. How do you get your guests away from their table? Right. Yeah. Away oh, from 100%. their comfort zone. It's their home. Yes. And so we wanted to uh, make people come and party from the very beginning, let it, making them get out of their seat, setting the tone, all that sort of thing. And then the DJ, we had him be like, all right, all right, like, let's, let's settle down. 
that would that is just a little preview of what's gonna happen tonight. Oh, that's so good. Let's eat some pizza. Yeah. Oh, what you did is you left them wanting more. Right. Wow. Yes. This is so great to have all this context after watching your wedding video. It just, it's like, okay, this is like, it already seemed like there was so much intention that went into it. It's just connecting all these dots, these dots to me. Would you be okay if we linked your wedding video, like in our show notes, because I I can imagine a listener is going here like, okay, I have to see this. I have to see this. I have to know what's going on. I need to see the proof. Right. Well, and it's making me think of, so of the intention behind how wild oak films now set up your film like they set it up with the party to start it and that's not that's not common well that's something that darren and i asked for which actually you empowered me to then ask for specific things for my uh, wedding legit i was like i want handheld Yes. And that, that is how, that's why I want to have these conversations with the brides, because I want to tell them like, you can have the way that we described it to Wild Oak is we want a high end home video. Okay. That's we, exactly what I said too. But exactly. I want to feel like I am watching how the day happened, but like a fly on the wall. And like, you know, they, they created that in their own way. Like they made it very cinematic and professional, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I had even noticed like when I was watching, there's all of these moments that are just like little home video esque, like snippet, silly, goofy, like fun moments that happened in the day. There's like a tiny little snippet of me throwing a piece of food into my maid of honor's boobs. Like, (laughs) but like that, that tiny little thing of me being like, boop like throwing the thing across like it's and I remember that and I it sets me back in those tiny little moments and I also told them at the beginning that it was very important in our video that we have the the voice overlay I want to hear yeah like the laughs I want to hear the 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 banter the funny remarks that were made and like the ambient noises yes yeah and like and there's a there's a tiny little thing that is so sweet that like um it's my flower girl at the time she she's just like yelling she is a little snippet where she's like yeah but like <laughs> she, my little flower girl is so dear to my heart it's one of my best friends and one of my bridesmaids it was her first child her daughter the first in our friend group that had a kid and she was she's so special and and now i forever have that her tiny little voice That's you know so in my wedding, yes and it's so different now she's four now and it, mm-hmm. it's so different and like it was things like that that were so important. And I want to empower brides that you can ask for this. You don't have to have the slow, romantic, cinematic notebook vibe video if that's not who you are, because that's yeah. not who Darren and I are like mm-hmm. at all. And so we wanted our video and our photos to, to represent our personality. And so that's, we were able to communicate that because we knew that we could. Some brides literally don't even know that they can ask for that. Yep. I completely agree. And when, like, I remember sending the text and I still, like, I battled with it because I was like, I'm going to ask for something different. I know Mm -hmm. Abigail asked for something. I can do this. And I just didn't want, like, I remember being like, I don't want you guys to take offense to this at all because you know that I love what you do. I love, 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 love what you do for me. 
I want to stretch you to do something different than you normally do. And I feel like, I don't know if this is okay for me to ask because I don't really yes. want somebody to ask me that same thing. And, and you're even a professional and you felt like you couldn't yeah. ask. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I want, I don't, I, I want it to the whole thing pretty much to be handheld. And I think, yes. and I was just like, I don't want it to feel like a movie. Yes. That was like my number one thing. And yeah. Yeah. Like how, when you ask, and again, I'm like, I don't really have expectations because I'm, I'm asking for something that I haven't really seen. Yeah. Right. And so you just kind of also have to just let them do their thing, like express right. your want and then let go and, and trust. trust. You have to trust. Yes. Because yes. it is their specialty and you have to trust that they have the ability to say no. Like if they don't feel like, like I a hundred percent understood that if they didn't feel like they could accomplish what they were doing. I also told them that, please tell me, no, please tell me that, that you're not comfortable doing that. Um, right. Cause it's they, not your expertise. Right. But they said, yes, they chose to take on this, um, challenge, I guess, yes. or, you yes. know, to step outside of their box and they loved it. They, they were so, happy that they did that. And, and I have heard that they they've gotten a lot of people being like, we want something like that, like not that, but something like that, yes. or, or it really is opening up to brides that you have the option to ask for what you want in your wedding and you should. And I want to be that person that lights that fire and empowers them and tells them that they can, because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say, no, that's yeah, it. That's it's it. going to be fine. Yeah. And, and it's fine. And it's not personal at all. It's like, okay. I'm just, I'm going to go find someone that can do what I want. And that's and okay. While we're on the topic of vendors, like, do you have any tips for couples when it comes to choosing like their people, their vendors? Mm. Mm. Um, meet in person, a hundred percent meet in person. If you can, um, obviously COVID that's a thing. I wasn't a COVID bride praise Jesus himself because <laughs> um, I would not have survived in all of you COVID brides and COVID wedding vendors. Oh, you are in my prayers because you deserve everything and more. Like it is I, a bear. I, oh yes. <laughs> it's, like yeah. I'm trying to give you all the validity that you are owning it. You are queens. You are you are killing it. Like because <laughs> I could not handle it. But anyway, um, meet in person, a hundred percent, because you need to feel what it's like to interact with that person. And if that vendor doesn't want to meet you in person, they can't take an hour out of their time to meet you. Then in my personal opinion, they don't deserve your money. Like if they don't, because to me, if they're not willing to meet in person, that to me says that they're not, they don't value the, the importance of your wedding day and getting to know you and having the right person. And when I say that, I'm talking about people that you interact with, your DJ, your photographer, your wedding videographer, your yeah. coordinators, your um, bartenders. I do believe that immensely matters because that is a direct interaction that they are having that your guests and you will have directly on that day. Now your caterers, you don't need a good personality for your caterers right. or, you know, some, or even really your florist. Like you don't really, yeah, that's what like, I was thinking, you know, floral, you do have to meet in person because you need to talk about flowers. You need to see flowers and you know, whatnot, but, um, but they can do great work and not be present on your wedding day. Like correct. literally setting the tone, those other yes. vendors set the tone. They, and they, they control the experience that you and your guests have. And if they are not willing to meet you in person and 
get to know you just a little bit and make sure that like, you know, if you, um, vendor is like super, um, super cut and dry, summer, but you do not pick up on those cues. Yeah. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And you're, you yeah. need to know that like, and, and that's okay. And it is a hundred percent okay for both vendors and brides and couples like couples, not just brides, but, um, both of them to be like, Hey, you know, hundred percent, nothing personal. It's just business. But I, I just don't think that we're the best fit. Like yeah. I have been doing that with my couples on photography from almost day one. Like, oh, obviously man. I shot weddings that for $500 that like, I was like, I am not yeah. equipped to do this, but if you want me to like ugh, type thing, but, um, uh, but once I, I knew what I was doing and I was professional enough, um, and I was confident in my abilities, um, I was able from very early on to say, um, I 100% value the experience of your wedding and your wedding photos so much to the extent that I don't want your business. I don't want your money. Please don't pay me. I don't, I'm not yeah. your best fit. Please go hire someone that you connect with. Cause and I that's just, so wise, honestly, yeah. for even from a, from a vendor's perspective, I think a lot of people, they end up especially young vendors when they're not young in age, but young in experience, like yes. they'll just take any wedding and it's like, Oh man, you yes. could have saved yourself so much heartache. And, yeah. and even, you know, not just yourself, but them too, because you mm -hmm. know, there's certain words that are red flags to me that I know. Yes. Yeah. This isn't going to be a good fit for right. you to hire me to shoot mm -hmm. your day. Right. Like if, if, if a bride comes to me and said that they, they wanted, um, uh, you know, very, um, portraiture type shots and, and, you know, traditional and classic. Like if, if she used those types of words to describe her, um, desired wedding photos, engagement photos, I a hundred percent would know immediately. Girl, I, I'm not I gonna hear you, to you. but that, right. but that, yeah, that's, and that's beautiful. And I thank you so much for knowing that that's what you want, but that's not, that's not my specialty. That's not what I'm good at. And I want you to have someone that, that is good at what you want. Um, and that is something that I feel like you can only really, um, assess in person, um, through interacting with that person, um, both as a bride and as a vendor. I also feel like as a vendor, like, you know, if you feel like, this, if you don't work well with quote unquote type A couples, like if that's not, if, if you very much work well with humans that are very chill, go with the flow. That's who you need to work with. Just yeah, those not, are my not people. Even, yes. Like not even <laughs> on like a style basis, but on like a human basis. Yeah. I like like that. if, if, if every vendor were to take on every couple, because it's quantity over quality, you know, they, they would be, I mean, literally running their forehead on the concrete because they can't, um, they don't work that way. The way that that couple is hoping that they will work with them and that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Just, totally. just humans. Yeah. And like in this age of COVID, obviously people are getting more used to like zoom and phone yes. calls and all these things. And like, we're able to be more of ourselves at that, but fingers crossed, we're coming to the end. Yes. Fingers crossed. We're coming oh. to the end of that. And in-person yes. meetings can be more common, but yeah. you're right. Like even just like the tone of voice and like, it's conversation yeah. flowing. Like 
we do a lot of phone calls in this day and age and conversations either run stale and that's kind of a sign or they flow and you just all of a sudden are like, oh my gosh, we're getting so off track. And it's yeah. like, that's how you know you're connecting with somebody. Oh, totally. If you're on the phone and you're getting off track and running down rabbit trails, it's a, more than likely going to be a really great fit because you're able yes. to just hold a natural conversations. Your personalities work well yes. together. And value your wedding enough to take the time and the mental, um, I guess, intention to do that, put in that effort because your wedding is worth it. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. You've shared so many, like literal, just gems, like overflowing with just so much great advice. Is there anything that you would do differently? Cause you've shared so many wins, so many amazing things, so many moments of intention that you and Darren integrated and wove into your day. When you look back, is there anything that you would have done differently when it comes to your wedding day, wedding planning, any of that? The first thing that comes to mind is I would not have scheduled the limo to take Darren and I to our hotel. I would not have scheduled that as early as I did. <laughs> that really? was the first regret. Yes, that was the first thing. you're like, that, I have to leave. I don't want to leave. Yeah, we didn't want to leave. And, and we thought that... Um, which I guess, I guess is a way that we overestimated our ability to make it a fun wedding that, um, we thought that because I know myself and I, I have shot how many wedding days that by the end of the wedding day, I am just spent. And we talked about that, like the wedding day hangover is such a real thing, like no alcohol involved, but you are hung over for vendors you like vendors when you you open your eyes the next day and the minute you move a muscle you're like oh god every single time and i'm like okay gotta reserve my whole sunday to recover right yeah and eat junk food and we would literally have snacks prepared at our house for us to make macaroni and cheese and oreos and milk and ice cream and our comfort things because a wedding day takes so much out of you it really does Mm -hmm. and so add on the fact that we are wearing a suit and a dress and i'm wearing heels all day long and doing a wedding day doing makeup and also starting my day earlier getting my makeup and hair started than what i would shooting a wedding yeah um, you know, so much, so we anticipated that we would just be spent. Um, and, and, and so we set up our, our limo to come pick us up and take us to the hotel, I think around nine. And I, I, oh, think, wow. I, I think our venue was like closing down at 10, I think was the rule. It might've been 11. I don't know. I might be wrong. Um, don't quote me, but the, um, but we chose nine. And so then there was like an hour, like a healthy hour of people, um, enjoying themselves, doing whatever they want, feeling free to leave as they see fit and not conversation. Right. Yeah. Like, and do, do their thing. And Darren and I would be ready to go at that point. Um, because we had also been at our reception starting at five. So we'd been in our reception for four hours. Okay. Yeah. So we thought that, that we would be spent and oh my gosh, no, like we, when faith told us, which shout out again to a wedding planner being like, Hey, it's nine o'clock. Your limo is here. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What? 
it feels like it's 7 30. like yeah we're just now turning up like this, yeah. this thing has to keep going oh no we had been turning up like honestly, <laughs> right like, right right to a certain extent like it was good for me to leave because i was kind of getting on that borderline of drinking a little bit too much and you know yeah so it it worked out for the best but i do i do regret that that we didn't stay longer um let me think if there's anything else that i would do differently um i would have <laughs> This is a small thing that is very personal, but also could be relatable and applied to other weddings that uh, um, I did not. So I only had place cards for my head table. So, and also side note, we also did a King's table, not just a head table, a King's table, if you don't know, um, is where your bridal parties plus ones also get to sit with you. Oh yeah, we did. I didn't know that's what it's called, but we did that yes. too. Could we, Lara and I, cause we, it's, really sucky when your person's at another right? table and they're not there. Yeah. With you. Yeah. And That's so awesome. um, we had, so, and it was a King's table. Like we had people sitting on both sides of the table, not just one sided in a line. Um, but Darren and I were sitting next to each other and I didn't um, tell my coordinator who, where I wanted everyone to sit where. And I wish that I had done that because, and I can say this because it's, it's, it was family and, and we've already talked about it. Um, I ended up sitting next to, um, one of Darren's cousin, which Darren doesn't have any siblings. So it was like his, his little sister, um, close in relationship, but she, it was her boyfriend. I was sitting next to her boyfriend and it was a new boyfriend at that. And it was his first time ever being drunk. So I was sitting oh, next to oh, a young boyfriend that I really had only interacted with a handful of times in my life and he was drunk first time being drunk and I was like stop talking to me <laughs> I don't want to entertain you on my wedding day like you know and making small talk you know I just hate making small talk in general I want to talk about the good stuff the real stuff and yeah, I want to be yeah sure. yeah I wanted the people right next to me and in front of me being you know my maid of honor my sister, my brother-in-law, my absolute mm -hmm. best friends, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Um, and that's just like a small thing that, you know, we laugh about um, within the family and whatnot now, but I was, his name is Kagan. And I was just like, Kagan, shut up. Are like, they still together? <laughs> yes. Then they're married but, now. That's and, even better. That's so yeah, funny. And I, I shot their <laughs> wedding and yeah, it was great. Um, and so it's funny now and it's family and everything worked out. But if that was something that I could change was I For choose. Sure. And I, that's another level of intentionality of yeah. you, you want to create the experience that you hope for. Anything uh. else come to mind when it comes to uh, things that you might regret? If not, I mean, uh -huh. you've, you've given us a few. I would have had more of the specialty drinks that we did, <laughs> more alcohol. So that's a little tidbit that I could throw in that is a little thing that you can do to make your wedding day unique. Um, so we worked with... Um, bartenders that were actually um brand new up and coming they were it was called salt and pepper which after our wedding they actually ended up being like the barnet grace hills like go to oh because they're so great let me tell you like because i had heard some not so great experiences from other bartending mixology companies in town and um and so i took a chance on this um this other 
they were very expertise in, in the industry of mixology and they had had a very experienced background. They were actually two fully grown men, um, but they were just starting a new business venture together. And one, super candidly, one is black, very dark skin, mm -hmm. skin complected. And one salt is like pepper. super white, salt and pepper. And so I love ah. that, that. But they did ask me, they were like, which one do you think is salt? Which one do you think is pepper? And they had literally switched like the white guy goes by pepper and the black man goes by salt. Like it, I love that. They don't take themselves too seriously. That's it's fun. Awesome. It's candid. Yes. And so that's what I mean by picking your vendors intentionally. Yes. Like I, Darren and I just had such great oh, conversation cool. with them and they weren't even like well-known in, in the wedding industry yet. They had honestly mostly done events and not necessarily weddings and, but they were seriously the best. They ended up being um, like very, very top regulars at the Barnet Grace Hill. They made such an amazing experience at my wedding, they, they bantered with people. They talked to people, they made jokes. Like they were just like, you know, a back and forth. They, they, their conversation just flowed so well. They could talk to a brick wall type person. I feel like that's something that's missing from bartenders. Yes. Um, it's not as common. It's like, a yes. one. okay. Yes. So salt and pepper, super great. And actually I came by them from the bridal fair. Um, and they were, they uh, were handing out samples, like tiny little shot glass samples of their custom drinks. And they were, that was like their thing that they got us is one, the conversation that we had with them at the bridal fair was so fun. And it, it was our interaction. I love the way you're moving. Yeah. Know, it's like my shoulder, like every time like, you describe like, them. You're yeah. Like, like it's like, boom, boom, little boom, shake, boom. little shake like, of salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit yeah salt and pepper <laughs> um but they it was such a great experience our interaction with them but also then when they said we can make your own custom cocktail because I I don't do like like just straight alcohol or yeah. and I, I'm not a beer and wine person so cocktails are my jam that's yeah. my thing and having a good cocktail is very important to me just as the as the bride, my personal experience. And so having custom cocktails that I enjoy drinking that I could share with my guests, so important to me. And I valued that a lot. And so we created these custom cocktails that also we named ourselves and we didn't take ourselves too seriously. Like Darren's was like a, a whiskey and bitters and, and, you know, it, it was a, it, but it was a really a crafted cocktail, you know, and, um, and we called his the big D Oh, kind of I like that in, in, in yeah and like, like in, in combination with that mine was like a fruity mule like a like a, mm -hmm. a moscow mule That's but good. like had um a strawberry puree to it and whatnot and so it's fruity and sweet and so we called that a sweet ass oh it, my nice. gosh seriously yeah. this entire thing is like we're not going to take ourselves too seriously yeah we just want to have fun yeah, like just whatever. And so, but we also made it a point, the Barnet Grace Hill has um, chalkboards behind the bar that you can customize. And we made it a point, we we invested in that to hire someone to um, not only draw the drinks of kind of what they look like, but also the ingredients that are in all of our custom cocktails. Um, Cause I think we had six, um, but we, wow. yeah, yes. But we not also- Not just two. Right. But like one of the custom cocktails, quote unquote, was um, the Earl, because my dad is, is so well known to people and he only drinks one thing and that's crown and diet. 
And so that was, you know, the Earl. The Earl. Was diet. Yeah. So I like, like that. Of them going up to the bar and saying, Hey, I'll take a crown of diet. They go up and they say, Hey, I'll take an Earl. Like, and it's just that experience. Mm-hmm. Personalizes it. Yes. And, and let the, so that that's something that I would have changed is I would have had more of um, the sweet ass because, and the other sweet one that we had, I can't remember what it was called, but um, it, it was, um, they sold out so fast. They were drained. Oh yeah. Then people had to go to, and, but also the quality of my bartenders, they were also willing with what they had on hand. They had, you know, maybe some grenadine and some pineapple juice on hand. And they were like, Oh, do you like something sweet? Oh, let me put something together for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like it it was literally a mixology, a bartending thing versus just going up and being like, what do you want? And then just waiting there silently for the guests to be like, um, I mean, I'll, I'll take a vodka, vodka water. Literally me every time that I go up to a bar, like, I don't know. What are these signature drinks? Surprise me. And they're like, surprise you. And I'm like, yeah. And then they make you feel kind of silly and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted that experience to be there. I wanted that, you know, that banter and that comfort comfortability of, you know, ordering a drink and the experience of it. And, you know, I'm going back to get another sweet ass or, you know, I'm going to go get a big D or I'm going to go get the Earl or, you know. Yeah. I freaking am so obsessed with that. Yeah. It it was hands down one of my favorite things and a hundred percent worth because that does, that takes extra money. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an extra service and extra um, supplies that they need to keep on hand. And, um, but it was, a thousand percent i i would do it again 10 times over i've loved everything about this good (laughs) i'm so glad it came across like (laughs) yeah no i'm i'm more than so excited that's awesome for our listeners to be able to hear this stuff because you've just had you've just had so many great things to say uh abigail go ahead and take a moment and plug yourself and is there anywhere that people can follow you i know you said you got some new ventures coming like where can people go to find this stuff anything that you want to plug feel free to just do Ooh, yes okay thank you so um yeah even though uh b images i'm not taking on any more weddings um because i value your wedding and you deserve the best i'm just not able to give that to you so for those of you that may be sitting in my email box of b images or have texted me i'm so sorry and I truly, I wish you the absolute best. Go to KMB and <laughs> Ashley and a ton of other photographers that um, you can reach out for recommendations to any of them. They're such a great community. But yes, um, with no longer taking on weddings, I just, I really, I just want to help. I want to continue doing this. I want to sit down face to face or let's do a Zoom. Um, and I want to talk about what you want your wedding day to look like. Um, if you're an upcoming bride, or even if, if, if you're thinking about getting engaged and you're not even engaged yet, and and you want to know how to go through that process, boys, men, um, I actually have contemplated the idea of being a proposal planner. Um, that's something that I'm also super passionate about. I would absolutely love, I would love, 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 love to help you plan your proposals. Um, because it's about the the mental aspect of making it personalized to your girl or your boyfriend or whatever, like whatever, whoever's proposing to who I'm there for it. And I want to help. If you want my help, I'm all about it. Um, and you can, uh, reach out to me for any questions, wedding related, pre-wedding related, how to go about things, wedding vendors, 
you know, how to go about a dress, the mental aspect of getting a dress or questioning your dress or, I mean, literally anything on the sun, nothing's off the table, especially if you need help with your finances in your wedding. I know budgeting is such a massive thing and what to expect. You have no idea if flowers cost $500 or $5,000. I can help you with that. I can help you with expectations, um, where to go and the, the people to look for and enjoy working with. I got you. So um, I am starting a brand new Instagram um, and I uh, will have brand new posts. So don't be scared that there's not a whole lot of posts on it. I promise I'm legit. I promise I'm real, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Abigail Bridal Consulting. Uh, you can DM me on that Instagram. Um, it'll be, it'll be brand new, but I am so excited to share all of my knowledge, answer your questions, help in any way that I can, because it's not your fault that this is your first wedding, but it's not my first and I'm here to help. So just reach out, DM me. If you know someone that has my phone number, please reach out. No boundaries are crossed. I will reach out to you as, as, uh, I have the minute to get back to you, but I promise I will. So. I'm sold. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. Sign me up. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much, Abigail, for joining us today. I cannot wait for our listeners to consume this and to hear how they, how much they loved it. I hope so. I've loved talking to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on this, giving me the, the time and the hours to ramble on because I love it. Well, absolutely. It was so great. It was good to have you. Listeners, if you haven't already subscribed to the subscribed, I said that past tense, I mean, future tense, subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review if this has impacted you at all. And otherwise, we will see you on Friday for our next bride mini breakdown. Bye.